This is amazing grace. It's amazing grace because Jesus came and took our place. He didn't have to do it, but he did. This morning I bring grace, mercy, and peace to you again from God our Father, his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who calls us in faith. Today we will be focusing our thoughts on one of the spiritual essentials that every Christian needs in order to overcome the abstract prevailing darkness which stands opposed to us. And I call it abstract because you can't see it. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Jesus describes them as wolf in sheep clothing. And the reason why they appear as wolves in sheep's clothing is because they do not want us to recognize them. This is not a new scheme. It's been in existence since God created the first pair of humans and put them on the earth. The war started. The evil one started this war a long time ago. So the apostle Paul, as he writes the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, where we are going to be looking at this morning, this is where our second reading came from this morning, he challenges his readers to open their eyes to the spiritual warfare in which they are to engage themselves. He calls them to be sure they are on the right foundation, wearing the proper spiritual garments, fighting the right enemies, and trusting the right Lord. These are the things that he called them to do in this text. I'm not sure that we always recognize it, but we are always engaged in spiritual warfare as Christians. And let me remind you that God's people face some very real, very powerful enemy in this world. There is a being called Satan. He is real, and he controls an evil kingdom of demonic forces. He is real. They are doing all they can to undermine the work of God, to discourage the people of God, to hinder the church, binding the, blinding rather the eyes of the church enough so that they can see the importance of the work that God has called us to do. Blind our eyes enough that we cannot see the importance of the younger generation in the church today. That's one of the works that he's doing even in this time that our eyes and minds cannot see. He's blinding the minds of the church. We cannot see, we don't see the importance of the younger generation that at some point in time, those of us who are here now would fade away. We will not be here to work and do or carry on the works of God. And the younger ones coming up should be the one taking from us this task to push it forward. 
Now he blinds our eyes not to be able to see the importance of them coming to work for the Lord. They are doing all this they can to stop God from getting the glory. That's what the devil wants. He wants God to stop getting the glory. And this is real. They are behind the scene promoting their schemes. Promoting their schemes. You can see them. They try to take over every situation in your life. He's in there. He's behind the scene working it out and trying to make sure the things happen. That is going to bring glory to the devil and not to God. Sorry, I have to say that someone is outside at the door and the doors are locked and they are stopped from coming in. <laughs> and so, yeah, so today's passage is about how we are to conduct ourselves in spiritual warfare. That reaches all around us. And sometimes within us, so let me speak to you for a few minutes on how to position for battle. How to position for battle. The first thing I want us to look at is the source of our strength. The source of our strength in this warfare. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This text reminds us that none of us possess spiritual powers within ourselves. None of us possess spiritual powers within ourselves. It tells us that when it comes to spiritual things, we are weak, frail, fallible, and foolish. That we cannot handle uh, spiritual things. We are weak. We are frail. We are fallible. We are foolish creatures. And the evil one knows this. And if we hope to achieve spiritual victory, we must have true spiritual power. And these verses, or this verse rather, tells us where that power originates. The first thing it tells us is that our strength comes from a person. The strength of every Christian comes from a person. He says, be strong. In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. The verb be in this text is an active verb, which could also be defined as being. It says be strong, it means that we should be strong, means being strong. It is a continuous verb. To always be strong, continue to be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. You know, uh, my kids, a few, I think it's about a year or so ago, we watched a movie. I don't remember the name right now, but they, they, they dragged me into the theater to watch this movie with uh, all these characters, Spider-Man and Wonder Woman and this and that. Well, I don't know the name of that movie, but the thing is, these guys came together and the work was to bring down the bad guys. That was their objective to come together and do that. But every time they had to go into a battle, they had to clothe themselves in the particular gear to be able to do the things that they were assigned to do. And so looking at that movie, we can see that as God has called us into this battle, he's not calling us to fight it on our own. 
And in order to fight and be successful, we have to do it where? In the Lord. We have to do it being in the Lord. Because he is the only one who has the power to fight Satan and overcome him. He's the only one who can fight him. Why do we need to be in the Lord? We are weak emotionally and spiritually. When it comes to temptation and sin, we cannot do it on our own. We are weak in our abilities to control our own wills. So that's why we need God. So the strength we need is in the Lord. It is not in ourselves. And we have to remember this because many times Christians struggle to be what God has called us to be because we try to do it on our own. We make decisions to follow God and be God and do God. But we make that decision in our own strength and ability. Even though we mean well and we want to accomplish much. But in our effort to do so, we always fail. And the reason we fail is because we're depending on us. Listen to me this morning, folks. If we are going to make any achievements in life, if we are going to conquer the evil one and put him on a subjection, if we are going to do the works of God and do it successfully, it is only going to happen if we acknowledge and recognize this reality that it has to be done in the Lord. In Jesus Christ, we have the power. It is in Jesus Christ that we have the victory. It is in Jesus Christ that we have the authority. It is not in you and me, but we have no strength of our own. Give God a hand of praise for his son this morning. Our strength comes from a person, but our strength also next comes from a provision. It comes from a provision. It says, in his mighty power. In his mighty power, it speaks of a power that has absolute abilities in bringing down any stronghold, no matter how powerful. This is what it's talking about when it talks about in his mighty power. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus was speaking once and he made this statement. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You remember that a war took place in heaven. And when that war happened was because the evil one, Satan, who was Lucifer at the time, had planned on taking over. His plan was to build his kingdom above the kingdom of God and have his own thing going on up there in, in the heavenly realm. And so God came against him. And there was a battle that was fought in heaven. And when the battle was fought, the Bible tells us that one-third of the angels came down with Lucifer. They were thrown down from heaven. And so Jesus was there when that war took place. And he saw it, and he saw the evil one, Satan, being thrown down from heaven. And he made this comment in Luke 10, 18, uh, like in a jovious way. He tells them, look, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It means he's no match. He is no match to God. God has the power, my friends. Our God has the power. And so now, how do we get this power? We get this power by trusting Christ and not ourselves. You see that? We can't trust ourselves because there are no benefits in doing so. The Bible tells us in John 6, 63, it tells us that the flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. 
So trusting Christ means to let him be Lord of our lives. That's what it means to trust Christ, to let him be Lord. And when Jesus is made Lord, it means he runs the show, not you, not me. We don't run the show, Jesus runs the show in our lives. It means follow his instruction, that's what it means, to let Jesus be Lord, not our infatuations. We follow his instructions rather than our infatuations and let him be Lord of our lives. We find the same thing with Israel this morning in our first reading. They went, they want God to be their savior, but they don't want him to be their Lord. And so Moses writes to them as a prophet and is giving them these words from God, that God wants you to conquer this promised land that he has promised you. But in order to conquer the promised land, you have to listen to him, you have to obey his word, you have to continuously do that to conquer the land, possess the land, and to subdue the land. And many of us are in Christ. We have been born again because Jesus has called us into faith. But you see, the war between the evil one and the church continues. It doesn't stop. He's continuing to taunt us and come in our lives and bring havoc and bring miseries and bring all these things in our lives. That's the work of the devil. But as he comes, we have to realize that Jesus Christ is more powerful. We have to listen to him as he instructs us and tells us what we need to do to be overcomers. So keep the law, he says to them, to the Israelites. Observe them, he says, carefully. Not only that, but pass it on to your children. It is important that we understand this, that the younger generation needs to grow up in the Lord. They need to be taught the word of God, not only at church, but at home as well. You see why many of the young kids fall away from the faith. They follow their parents to church because why? They are under parental control. But at the moment they get at the age where they can make the decision on their own, they fall away from grace. They fall away because why? The word of God was not planted deeply in their hearts from home. How many of us in here do Bible studies with our children and, and, and devotions with our kids? This is very essential and important. You see, because the kids go to school and they learn, and they come to church and they learn, and they find themselves between two worlds. And now the work of the parents is we are responsible to bring these children and show them which world is more important. Because Jesus says you are in this world, but you are not of this world. He did not, uh, you know, uh, uh, dis dis disregard the fact that we live in this world. He says you are in this world. That that's, just, that's a truth. And we will be in this world. We will face the challenges of this world. We will have to deal with the circumstances, the prevailing circumstances in this world. But he says you should also know that you are not of this world. And how do we know that? We know that by taking God's word and hiding it in our hearts. We know that by training our children to grow in the word of God. The Bible says train up the child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is our responsibility, grandparents, to let your children know, to train the children up in the Lord. 
This is very important. This is the war that the evil one is fighting against the church now. He is snatching the young ones away. And this is very important for tomorrow's generation of the church. We have to call our children back to God. Call them back to faith and take them by force because the evil one is snatching them away. So by trusting in Jesus, we come to experience his strength and the power of his might. It only happens by us trusting in him. Now we talked about the source of our strength. Let's talk about the source of our stability. In Ephesians 6 verse 11 reads, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. The text teaches us this glorious truth that it is possible for us to stand against the enemy who stands against us. It's telling us it's possible. It says, yes, we can. The first thing it tells us is how we are embattled. How we are embattled. Let's look at this. The, the devil's schemes is what this phrase is talking about. The devil's schemes. The, this phrase identifies the devil as our enemy. Because he is an enemy of God. And because he is an enemy of God, he is an enemy of the church. He is an enemy of every Christian who have come to faith. He stands against anything and everything God stands for. The devil stands against it. He wants to destroy God and make himself Lord. And I just spoke about that. If you watch or read in Isaiah chapter 14, you will read the story about what the devil wanted to do in heaven when he was Lucifer. And so it is written in that text. He is our enemy. And we have to know that the devil is our enemy. He, he's been attacking, deceiving, and defeating God's people since he tempted Adam and Eve. And he continues to do that now. He has had over 6,000 years of practice. And so when you look at that, we don't have any kind of experience or strength to deal with a person like that. And that's why we need God. We need Jesus who understands him. He's the only one who is able to direct us. He's the only one who is able to stand in battle for us. And if he does, he will conquer because he is the great conqueror. Give God a hand of praise for Jesus this morning. So God is equipping us to stand against the devil's scheme, to know it and stand against it. This is something the church needs to do today. We cannot bow down to every situation, bow down to every religion, bow down to every uh, uh, scheme that is out there in the world today. We cannot do that. We need to take our stand, take our stand in the Lord, take our stand in the word of God, take our authority in God and in God alone. Every piece of the armor of God is talked about in this text. So now we talked about uh, how to be in battle. Now let's talk about how we are in, equipped for battle. This phrase says, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Notice that God has equipped us for this battle by giving us his armor to wear. We don't wear our own, but we wear God's armor. That's what we've been giving for battle. Not our own armor, but God's armor. Remember, it reminds me of David when he went to fight Goliath. And the Bible tells us that King Saul took his armor and put it on David. 
But the armor of King Saul was too heavy for David to wear. He couldn't even take a step. He had to take it off and depend on God's armor to stand and face that great giant. It's the same thing with us today. God has clothed us in his armor. And all of us in this room under the authority of my voice that have been baptized in faith has the armor of God with you to wear for battle. And so God has equipped us with this. Now let's look at three words of emphasis here in verses 14 through 17 of Ephesians 6 that I want us to really pay attention to. The first word is the word armor. And the word armor is talking about the equipment that God has given us to wear. And that equipment is equipped with truth. Scripture talks about the belt of truth around our waist. And you see the belt that the, the, the soldiers wore, the Roman soldiers wore during those days, were to keep their, 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 uh, the weapons on it so that they would be armed and ready for battle. So the belt carried the arm and ammunition and everything on it. And they held their clothes together as well. The belt of truth is the word of God. And we have to have this word inside of us. And so that the evil one will not overcome us. So we need the belt of truth. That's the word of God. It is important to have yourself involved in Bible studies and learning God's word. Especially in a time that we find ourselves in. It talks about righteousness. Righteousness is another aspect of the Christian faith that is important for battle. We need to be standing in the righteousness of God, not in our own righteousness, but the righteousness that Jesus brings to us through the cross of Calvary. We cannot depend on ourselves to win this salvation. It comes only through Christ. It talks about the shield of faith. You have to have faith and believe in God to be able to do the works of God. We need faith to be able to navigate through this path that we've been called to. We need faith to do the works of God. It talks about the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, that's the protection that God has given to the church and to every person here this morning and to everyone who has been called into faith. We have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. That is the weapon that God has given us to fight in the spiritual realm. Let's look at the word full in the text. We looked at armor, let's look at the word full. So put on the full armor. So the word full suggests every piece of armor that God has given to us. So we can wear some of it and be successful. We need to wear all of it to be successful. You can't put on some. Imagine a, a military man getting ready for battle and he dresses with some of his armor and don't take all of it. The possibility of winning that war is very, very much slim. And so God wants us to wear it all and get ourselves prepared for battle. The next word is put on. Put on, he says. So since this fight is a continuous fight, listen to this, once you get dressed for this battle, you never take off the uniform. You never take off the uniform. There are no bricks. There are no lunch time. And there are no vacation when it comes to getting ready for battle. There is, there is no occasion when you should not be dressed. And the reason we need to be dressed at all times is because that old devil, you know, uh, can attack at any time. 
He can attack us at any time or at any place. And so that's why the Christian needs to be dressed at all times. You even need to be dressed while sleeping. Because why? The evil one will attack you at any time. And so we need to be ready for battle at all times. And so the next thing to look at, it, we stand, it says how we are enabled. How we are enabled. So, so it says so that you can take your stand in the text. The phrase, so that you can take your stand. This phrase carries the idea of power, permission, and ability. Power, permission, and ability. The devil tells you, you can't. God says, yes, you can. And so, yes, you can because you have been given power, permission, and ability to bring, to break away from that chain of bitterness that is in your life that is dragging you down deeply, or the bondage of addiction that seems not to be breakable, or the yoke of depression that keeps carrying you down into depravity, or the spirit of unforgiveness, or that nightmare of grief. God says, yes, you can. With his power, with his strength, with his ability, we are able to overcome all of these things. So we talk about the source of our strength. We talk about the source of our stability. Lastly, let's talk about the source of our struggles. In Ephesians 6, 12, he says, For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The word struggles or struggle carries the idea of a hand-to-hand -hand battle. And that's what we are in, a hand-to-hand -hand battle. The Apostle Paul uh, paints a picture here of combating in an arena because that's what used to happen back in the days. Two men would get in the arena to fight, and they're fighting to win. But the fight leads to death. One person has to die, and one person has to live. And this is the idea he carries. They're going to fight until one man dies. And so Paul is letting us know that they, they were not in this fight to win a prize. They were there to fight for their lives. And it is the same situation we are in. In this spiritual warfare, the struggle is for life. Satan wants it, and God wants it. God wants our lives, the devil wants our lives. God wants our lives so badly that he roped himself in human flesh, came down to this earth, went on the cross, and died so that you and I can live. That's how badly God wants our lives. So he died to bring us back life. And, 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 but the devil has not left us. He's still, we are still struggling with the fight against the evil one. He struggled with us, and we're struggling with him. But he struggles with us for two reasons. The first reason the evil one struggles with us is to make our lives, uh, make us discouraged and unhappy. Do we have some unhappy people in church this morning? Are there folks here this morning that are discouraged by some life situation this morning? This is what the evil one does. And every person in this room this morning would admit that you have some kind of struggle in your life that you have to deal with, that you're thinking about right now as I speak these words. 
The devil comes in our lives to make us discouraged. He wants us to stop trusting God, to stop believing that God is able to keep us even in the face of the circumstances that we find ourselves in this morning. But I come to let you know this morning that God wants us to trust him no matter how badly life has turned out to be in your own situation. He wants you to continue to hold on because he is able. He is more than able to accomplish what concerns you this morning. God is able. He says keep trusting. So the evil one wants to discourage us. He wants to make us unhappy. The next thing he wants to do is to turn off the light of God in you and in me. He doesn't want the world to see the light because Jesus says, let your light shine so that the world will see it and glorify the Father in heaven. If God is going to get any glory on this earth, my friends, that glory is going to come through you and through me. Unless we turn the light on, unless we get on the streets and let people know that Jesus lives in us, unless to see the life in us and see the works of God in us, they will not know that there is a light that is shining in this darkness. We are living in a dark age right now, and the only light that is that can light up this world is the light that Jesus brings. Jesus is the answer for this world today, my friends. Above him, listen, there is no other. Jesus is the way. Give God a hand of praise this morning. Notice also that the enemy is not another human being. The scripture says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, flesh and blood are humans. It's telling us that this enemy that the church has is not another human being. Satan makes us think so. The devil will make you think that it is another human being. Sometimes we call our neighbors a devil. We do that all the time when we get upset. We call them a devil. They are not the devil, my friends. They are not the devil. The Bible says we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. So we should not call our neighbors devil. Uh, the, enemy, the enemy is Satan. He is the enemy. He is the real devil. Not the people or the circumstances we, 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 we place ourselves in or he places before us. But he is the devil. And we should always remember that. So when your neighbor upsets you or a family member upsets you, you have to remember that it is the evil one that is working through them to get to you. But that person is loved by God. No matter how badly they stand or talk or act, that person is loved by God. It is that old devil that is behind them that is causing this hover. And what God wants us to do in that situation is to let the light of God and the love of God shine so brightly that the evil one would not be able to stand it. That's what he wants us to do when we face those problems. So the evil one is the devil. It is not our neighbor. It is not a church mate. It is not a church member. It is the devil. Let us remember that. So we, how we can defeat him is to be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be strong in the Lord Jesus Christ is to trust him through all of your problems. And be like the psalmist David who said, even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because I know you are with me. Can you say those words this morning that God is with you in your own circumstances this morning? You can say that God is with me. I will fear no evil. I trust God to the very end because he has the answer 
to life. I pray that these words from God this morning would encourage your hearts and keep you steadfast in your faith, knowing always that he, God, will never bring you this far and leave you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen.